This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into the fray. We'll update the news in a dozen minutes. Right now, though, with our panel, there are all kinds of stories making the news. One that might have flown up. Well, before I get to that, yeah, this is a newsmaker. Gerald Butts announced earlier today at 3 o'clock, roughly, uh, that he's going to testify at the Commons Justice Committee next Wednesday. So he gets to speak his truth as well. You know, it seems to me like they're in uh, full throttle damage control. And what he may say uh, to mitigate this disaster is anyone's guess. Wills, can you guess what he might say at this point? Uh, more of the he said, she said to disqualify the testimony of Jody Wilson-Raybould? Um, I, I'm not sure how he can attack her without making it worse. Uh, I think one of the things that is probably in his interest as well, because when he resigned, he basically said, I did nothing wrong and I'm great and everybody around me is great and that's why I'm resigning. <laughs> and it, you know, there, there's some questions came up. So I think... The text exchange where he had the thing about if there's going to have to be influence, I think probably that's where he's going to want to put some context uh, because, you know, he did get brought up a lot and I'm sure that he wants his his truth on the record. So I think that's what's motivating him to do that. He says he believes his evidence would be of assistance uh, as oh, the committee considers good. alleged interference. Anyway, so he's going to help but things. But he's not bound by the cabinet confidentiality that a cabinet minister is. No. So that's also an important factor to this. Uh, usually staff is not supposed to be present at these things, but we basically knew that, knew that Jerry, Gerald Butts was basically running the country. I mean, he was the guy in charge, and Justin Trudeau made it very clear that whenever Gerald Butts spoke, it was for him. It mm. was, you know, you might as well take it as seriously as the prime minister speaking to you directly. Mm. So, yes, I think his information would be absolutely instructive. But what's, what's still a question mark is even though that they had waived the solicitor-client privilege for Jody Wilson-Raybould, they only waived it, as we've already discussed, for the time in which she was attorney general and justice minister. Right. They did not waive it for the time in which thereafter, meaning when she was vet- Veterans Affairs Minister. There was two meetings and two conversations that she had with the prime minister that took place three weeks ago. So will Ju- will Gerald Butts speak to that? Will he be able to speak to that? That's well, important. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, that we learned this afternoon the RCMP is already, according to some sources, uh, beginning an investigation and trying to secure phones and text messages and emails and things like that. And uh, as Andrew Shearer had pointed out earlier in the hour before you got here, uh, they're hoping that the RCMP can secure these things because it's not like this is unprecedented where maybe the liberals would go out and uh, shred any evidence <laughs> and, you know, wipe emails clean and things like that, computers. And and we'd all be shocked if any political staffer had two phones. Well, don't right. let, and let's not forget, there is a, a, a former liberal chief of staff in Ontario that's in jail for doing that's that. Right. That's why it was important that Andrew Scheer sent that memo right away saying, do not destroy the records or the documents or, or anything. Yeah, well, he's that's out, right. though. <laughs> right. Well, Livingston. <laughs> Yes, but, I mean, it was, but nonetheless. Jerry still. Butts, Jerry Butts uh, you know, he's sort of like uh, Zelig. He shows up in both places if you really follow the bouncing ball. However, on another matter of damage control, I'm kind of curious because legislation to extend freedom from old cannabis possession convictions to hundreds, if not thousands of Canadians uh, will be tabled tomorrow by some accounts here. And Stephen Holliday, let me ask you, I mean, is this appropriate? There's a distinction, too, between a pardon and full-on expungement. Some people are saying, you know, uh, the pardon is still going to haunt us. I mean, going to the States, they have that database. They can find out and, you know, deter you from entering. As opposed to full-on expungement, your record, everything is clean. What do you favor, if anything? So it's the march of shiny things before the election. I'm not really sure this is an effective uh, piece of legislation. I'm not sure it's going to make a difference. 
The issue here is twofold. The first is within the country, so people that are applying for volunteer roles, other places where they're doing background checks and they're coming up with cannabis uh, possession charges where they say, you know what, we're going to take a pass on you as a volunteer. I think the point's been missed in those type of investigations. What are the risks? Is this a problem? Is this a problem for the role that you're going to do that you were caught with a joint 20 years ago? And if the answer is, uh, you know, a a flat-out no every time, then maybe the government needs to do some work in that field to try to sort out when there is the risk and when there isn't. And look, the U.S., the U.S. can choose whatever they want to choose with what they find in people's records. And if they want to deny you entry because you were caught with a joint when you were a teenager or, or maybe 20 years ago or whatever it was, Uh, maybe the government should be spending time exercising some diplomacy with that country because no matter what they do to try to fiddle with the record system, there's always going to be those trace records and, uh, you know, border agents are going to treat these things differently in one location and the other. That's the real problem that Canadians have, not the fact that there's some old record there, that you cannot undo history. The fact is, you know, somebody was charged with this offense. It was a criminal offense at the time. It is what it is. The only pass I'll give them is for uh, maybe some people that were caught in their youth. You do stupid things then, and uh, if there's a way to make somebody's life a little bit easier today and to be a productive citizen and be able to take a job in the U.S. or travel back and forth. Yeah, but relative to legalization, full legalization, some people are saying now uh, the stuff that would have got you in hot water just, you know, a year ago uh, now is totally legal to do. So it seems like there's that disparity. But in terms of public policy, David Wills, I ask you, uh, good move on the part of the Liberals in one sense, or do you think it's, as our cynical friend here, Mr. Holliday, suggests the uh, March of the Shiny Things is just to distract from the current brouhaha they find themselves involved in? Well, I, I think they have been working on this for a long time because they 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 did signal it quite a while ago. Um, so I think it has been ready to go. The timing, you know, it, it didn't work if that was their strategy because it was there was too big of a, a, a you know the dumpster fire, whatever you want to say, to put a shiny <laughs> a shiny ball out to do anything with it. But I what what I'm curious about this, and I don't know enough about it, is I I don't understand why they're going halfway on the pardon versus the expungement because you know. It, at first, it's like, yeah, yeah, you you did break the law at the time. The law was clear at the time. But now that we haven't really been in that situation before, um, I don't understand why we wouldn't expunge the simple ones. Like, they, they do have a definition. It's very small amounts. It was not selling. It was not, mm-hmm. there's no other involvement. Like, you weren't disturbing the peace or anything else like that. It seems to me that I, I don't understand why they wouldn't go all the way. But I also don't understand too much about the difference between these things because I, you know, I'm luckily I've not been involved with the criminal justice system. That's so. right. Why you're traveling to the States next week. Really simple. Uh, we have an army of bureaucrats that are going to review each of and every single one of these. We yeah. have a law in place now that could fit this criterion. Either you're expunged or either it's a, it's a pardon. Simple. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you about some other things that I'm kind of curious about. This has to do, by the way, uh, Michael Cohen's testimony yesterday, you think that's fatal to Trump, or is it just adding to the anti-Trump, what do we call it, uh, confirmation bias, I guess? Well, considering that yesterday was like Wednesday, Witness Wednesday for uh, both Canada and the United States, um, it's not helpful, but it's nothing that he... 
that people already don't perceive about Donald Trump. I think that's part of the problem. But Michael Cohen himself has a massive reputational issue on on hand. He's right. been known to mislead. He's been known to exaggerate. He's been known to hyperbole. He's been known to be quite self-serving himself. So it's a, a test of credibility between Michael Cohen and Donald Trump. Who wins that one, Stephen Holiday? <laughs> your guess is good as mine. I was thinking it's throw your boss under the bus Wednesday that we just passed. <laughs> Donald Trump wins that, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, does he? Uh, Donald Trump does. Because well, yeah, right. the other guy's going away. to jail. He's going to jail at the end of uh, the next month, I guess, or sometime in the, the spring. That's oh. what we know so far. Anyway. Well, that, that's the beauty of this whole story. That a guy who's going to jail for lying to Congress was testifying before Congress mm. about another guy who lied. So, like the, you know, and nothing, sti- first? and nothing sticks to Donald Trump. I think outside of getting caught with like an underage goat, I don't think anything's going to stick well, to the guy. Isn't that the whole idea? His best defense is his irascible, consistently irascible behavior. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. right. He's so beyond the pale. He's not a target anymore. They're like, oh, Donnie. Who? Yeah, pretty much like a crazy uncle. You know, who's past his prime. Yeah. Uh, he can say pretty much anything at the Thanksgiving Day table. Yeah, and, and when you- he gets real. Elected, um, everybody's going to continue to wring their hands and be like, how could this happen again? Well, because this whole thing with the Russia investigation, I'm not dismissing Mueller's investigation. Obviously, something has happened here, but they want to, they, they've done everything but twist themselves into a pretzel to try to put this directly on Donald Trump. The meeting in Trump Tower, whether he was aware of it or not, all of these people have come forward and said, well, he knew this, he didn't know this. Nothing is sticking to this man because maybe there just really isn't anything there. No, How about there. that? No, well, and you, the Democrats are a train wreck, so well, there's look, that too. They have veered way off the track insofar as Russian collusion because that's shown to be a dog that won't hunt. No. So all the other stuff they're going after now is, uh, I mean, consorting with uh, so-and-so, and uh, I can't even follow the bouncing ball anymore. It's just a lot of white noise to me. This committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, mm-hmm. there are so many. It's a festival of committees. Well, interesting you said white noise. We're going to go, Whoa. oh, sorry. That, no. The, I do, you know, I'm going to agree with Adrian here that I think the Democrats are, it's like they're, they've opened their Christmas present and they're just, instead of just playing with it, they're destroying whatever is there. <laughs> like they can't help themselves. Right. And it's like, you know, let the, give the guy a little rope and he'll hang himself. But they are, they're too smart for all of that. And they are giving, like, they're giving this gift back, and it's it's. It well, you're is a political watching. strategist. Maybe that's the Republican strategy: keep this thing festering so that uh, they're mollified by this shining object. To Stevens' turn there's, there, there's and, no Republican strategy. They're hanging on. Well, maybe, but mm-hmm. by the same token, you think the Democrats have any kind of a policy uh, front that they present? Well, I think there's a bigger internal war going on with the Democrats, and they are sure nobody is thinking. Gee, yeah, we're, we're, is it we Bernie may Sanders not win Democrats, this, or is it we may not know, win Nancy this Pelosi's. next election? You know, like they're doing everything they can to make it harder. Wow. All right. Well, you know, it's always fascinating to get these insights from uh, you folks in politics, uh, part of the uh, media landscape, as well as in public relations. Uh, Stephen Holliday, David Wills, Adrian Batra, much appreciated you coming in this Thursday afternoon. We'll do it again next week at some point. By the way, Dan Riskin's going to join us after the news at the top of the hour. You, we know him as our Canadian evolutionary biologist and media personality. He's got interesting things to say about sharks and snakes. I can hardly wait. That's in moments on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us 
until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.